You are listening to Pitch a Fit, a VIC radio production. Welcome to the first episode of the Pitch a Fit podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Becht. Pitch a Fit offers a chance to create and tell stories that don't take themselves too seriously. After a couple days of individual brainstorming, guests join me for a round robin of pitching, planning, and progressing their blockbuster ideas. Since each synopsis is heard for the first time, initial reactions and questions are allowed, but only one pitch will get the opportunity for extended time and attention to really bring it to life, whichever the group votes on getting the green light. Today's genre is movie musicals. I'm joined by Shayna in Saratoga Springs, New York, and Patrick in Boston, Massachusetts. As an introduction, I asked them to prepare their favorite movie, who they'd want to play them in a movie, and whose biographical movie they'd want to play in. Thank you both again so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Shayna, since in a way you did kind of contribute to the conception of this podcast idea, do you want to do the honors of being the first introduction? Sure, Charlie. Um, my favorite movie right now is The Boy, um, but longtime favorite would be Clue or Heathers, who would play me in my biopic, um, any brunette with bangs, because we all look the same, even though I am blonde right now, um, I would take any, um, who I would play Dakota Johnson or Anne Boleyn, and that is for you, Evan Ostavus. Thank you, Shayna. Um, you know you risk Rachel Berry territory with that. Are you comfortable with that? That's true. I... It's one of those things where it's just like, I know we all see ourselves in each other. So it's just one of those things where it could be any of us. That's very fair. Thank you for that. Patrick, same questions to you. It feels a bit basic, but I am going to say Lady Bird. That movie did get me senior year. I know it's embarrassing, but like off the top of my mind, that's just where I'm at right now. And that's my truth. Who would play me in a movie? I would want the movie to be filmed like the movie Boyhood, and I want it to start as like Macaulay Culkin at the age he was in Home Alone, and then him just like growing up as my life goes. And I know that is not feasible, but that is what I want. And I know this biopic has already happened, but the movie I, Tanya, I want to be Nancy Kerrigan in the movie about Nancy Kerrigan, where she's the star of the movie. And like, that's, that's all I want. Not Tanya? No, not, not Tanya. I'm Nancy like, only in it for like five seconds. No, no, no. It's a new movie just about Nancy Kerrigan. Oh. It's called You, Nancy. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. And with that, we conclude our introduction. It's so great to have you both here. Let's get into some pitching. So, Shayna, do you want to start us off? Okay. My pitch for a movie musical is called Good Girl Gone Bad, a Rihanna jukebox musical. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. So I did pick the entire soundtrack already. So we start off um, opening number. Where have you been? Is main character Janet meets love of her life, Kevin. And yes, those are the names of the parents of my roommate um, (laughs) that they meet fall in love. Then we lead into only girl parentheses in the world. They're so in love so amazing then we get to love on the brain power ballad by janet she's so taken with kevin then finally in the passion of romance we have snm charged not (laughs) safe for children but then things turn sour and we go to duet power love the way you lie with the m&m verse obviously janet kev 
fighting. Not good. He gets abusive. It's really heartbreaking. And then we go to complicated. Janet is so torn because she loves Kevin, but she knows she can't be with him. Boom, Russian roulette. She decides she has to kill Kevin. Big plot twist. Then we get to Shut Up and Drive slash Good Girl Gone Bad mashup remix of her fleeing the scene. And she's all of a sudden taken from like a nice young farm girl to like powerful woman, okay? But then the regret sinks in and we have her performing California King Bad. She misses him. But then Disturbia, she's in mental torment. She doesn't know what she did. The regret, the guilt, and this is like a big scene, big ensemble number, dance break, CGI. There's a lot going on, to be honest. I could very much see like Disney Broadway Lion King type like animatronic costumes being a really important part of the Serbia number. And then we close out with Take a Bow, end of show. Good Girl Gone Bad, a Rihanna jukebox musical written by Shana Federico. Genius. That deserves claps. My initial yeah. reaction, I have to say, is where was Man Down? It fits so beautifully into that plot. I felt robbed by it being left out of this. So I will justify that by saying I think I have a more unconventional knowledge of Rihanna's oof. Um, I, I've never heard of that song. I believe you that it's good and that it's just them. I don't know it. Shayna, how do you not know Man Down? It literally is your plot line. And that's what yeah. really had me for a twist in your pitch. And I loved it about it was I kept waiting for Man Down, but you just kept giving me other songs. So, you know, I'm flexible in that realm because I do think that there is room for expansion. But I did consider, and there could be room for this, um, of adding like a secondary plot line that is of course gay. Because part of me was like, lesbians. And then I was just like, but all lesbian movies have one of them being toxic. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like it felt very happiest season and I just didn't want to give the cis hats like a reason, you know? So that's why I'm thinking like queer secondary characters who are like quite influential. Maybe think about this, like lesbian best friend who's constantly like kill all men. And she like, as a joke is like, Janet, you should kill him. And then she's like, okay. And then Does best friend get upset by that or? I think at first she's like, I didn't mean it. And then she's a little bit like, mm, okay. It, like, she's like, I'll <laughs> you know, like, why not? There we go. I think it's definitely gonna be a part of it, but I was just kind of like, because Russian Roulette was the initial inspiration and the centerpiece upon which this jukebox musical was built, I was like, I can't do that to the community. Fair. I mean, that is so fair. I, I'm not saying I want the song Umbrella in this musical, but what if there was a, a part of the musical where they're in the rain and Umbrella is sung? I just want water falling everywhere in the so... movie. The issue for me with that is the Umbrella singing in the rain glee mashup did ruin Umbrella for me. To be honest, I hate that song now. So that was a purposeful exclusion on my part. That is so valid, but I feel like you can't have a Rihanna Jukebox musical without having that song. And so I pitched to you, what if that was their meet cute song? Like they met in the rain and he said, you can sing my Umbrella. 
Ella. Yeah, no, I could see that. A little meet cute. That's why I'm wondering, are there other people in this show too? So that's what I'm sort of still exploring. Um, I think a lot of it depends on which big Hollywood producer steals this idea and <laughs> what they end up doing with it. Um, also, perhaps whatever Rihanna allows, um, you know, because I do think it'd be a really, really important for us to collab on this. I would absolutely need her to give her blessing. I would want this to be produced by like the Fenty house as like a luxury film. I think that's so great to cross market. So you could kind of have, you would have plugs for like Rihanna's empire. I, she does everything now. Yes. I don't even know what to say. She's Rihanna's world. Will Rihanna be in the movie? So I was actually just thinking about that. I definitely think she would make an appearance. Um, I think she would not play a large role. Um, I'm sort of thinking it would be like of similar magnitude to her role in Ocean's Eleven where she just kind of pops up and she's just like there and everyone's like, you know, (laughs) but like, yeah, no, she's for sure not like in the film. All right. And with that, I think it's time we move on to our next pitch, Patrick. Okay. My idea it's so the gay bachelor season has just happened and it's the first one, but it's not about that. It's about the bachelor and then the guy who wins. And then it's like their relationship watching the show back it's drama and it also like flashes back to there and then like the bachelor is now seeing this guy hooking up with everybody else but like it's never addressed that it's the first gay bachelor season that's just like assumed but yeah that's what i'm going off of that's what i have what would the music be is my question what was what is that vibe is it like classic musical theater is it rock is it like glee like what is that um, it's like very annoying Broadway. Very, very like the prom. Not... Yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like the prom. Speaking of the prom, will the cast be all queer then, or will we have ten James Corden? A James strictly, Corden. Uh, strictly straight people playing these roles. Okay, Ab- absolutely. Because my follow up question was it's part of the vision. Exactly. My follow up question was, what role will Hugh Jackman play in this? Because he has to. He's in every movie musical. Um, he will be The Bachelor. Okay. And what about it? Okay, I and have he's a bad at singing. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, who's going to be the celeb draw flop? I want the celebrity to be Jojo Siwa. I want her oh. to be manning this musical to the ground. Interesting. Yeah. So it's all gay men. and no, it's, it's just so- all gay people. No one, no one really cares. Okay, okay, okay. That's not important. It's a queer season of yeah. The Bachelor, and it's a musical. So the entire cast is just queer people within the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. But played mainly by straight actors. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's part of the vision. That's part of the vision. Minus Jojo Siwa. Yeah, Minus Jojo, Jojo Siwa, Siwa, the draw of the musical. The original lesbian. <laughs> First and last. So Hugh Jackman is The Bachelor, and he is a bit in the older side. Is Jojo Siwa one of the contestants? Because that age gap. No, I don't love the pairing of both of them together. Oh, at all. She's so 17. Hit me. Jojo Siwa is his daughter from his failed straight marriage. <gasps> Ooh, I oh love my God. I, I love, love that. It. She helped him realize that he's gay. <gasps> oh my God. The dynamic. Oh my God. Okay, I'm here for this. What song does Jojo sing with you? Like, what would the content of a song look like that be? Because they have to do it. I want Jojo to sing some song analogous to who's the character in Horn Hears a Who? Is is her name also Jojo? 
Because yeah. I want, I want, I want there to something is there with that. When it's JoJo and the and the elephant. Yeah, I want like JoJo Siwa is like in high school. She's watching like her dad go through this TV show with his new whatever partner, and then she's like, "This is so weird." And then she starts singing "Alone in the Universe." Um, and then Hugh Jackman sings the same because he is having he very her. real relationship problems with the winner of The Bachelor season so will there be dance sequences and if there are does it matter if the cast can dance you know there's definitely a lot of dance numbers I haven't thought this through but like how they show when it's a flashback to like the tv show itself there's many dance sequences in there especially like on the group dates it's very very dancey very very that Another big aspect of movie musicals is they always try to have one song that they have revamped as a pop song that some pop artists will sing to kind of get it in with the kids and get it on the charts, that Grammy plug. Who would you want to sing it? And what type of song from the movie musical do you think could work as that, if any? So I want the love interest from the original Love, Simon. He is somehow in the movie and it's his breakout song. And then the singer who sings it is Selena Gomez and she tries to make it a pop song and it goes horribly. Oh, poor Selena. I know. Like, I like the song personally, but like no one else does. But I, I'm excited about it. It's very much the exact vibe of Look At Me Now. Like, I live for that Selena Gomez song. Not many other people do. I really love that song as well, I have to say. <laughs> I can't yeah. say I know what it is. And that's so fair. Okay, and with that, I think it's time to move on to our final pitch. So... You know, a lot of movie musicals tend to be either biographical or they're jukebox. So I thought, why not combine them into both? The parallels really took me surprised by these two women that are just both so defining of their time. I just thought it was perfect. And that's why my movie musical is Amelia Earhart, the movie musical with the soundtrack by Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hear me out. Oh my I God. I know it sounds insane, but what's insane is how it really came into play so easily. So I'm thinking we have Roar because, you know, very feisty. Amelia was a really feisty girl growing up. Then she gets to high school and after high school, she went to a finishing school, all girls finishing school. So I'm thinking for that, that could be Teenage Dream. And if we have to put I Kissed a Girl in there, that could maybe go in there too, but I don't want to play into those tropes. So I'm not sure about that. Then when Amelia gets out of finishing school, her first big time flying the Atlantic Ocean, I believe it was, firework. It's so obvious. She's literally a firework shooting through the sky, lighting up the way, beautiful. Then I think a couple years after that, Amelia had this crazy encounter where she was meant to go and fly from Newfoundland to Paris, but on her flight, she had these crazy wind conditions and had to land in an Irish pasture, like a cow pasture. She left to go on this flight on May 20th, 1932, which was, you guessed it, a Friday, last Friday night. Hot and cold, I think altitude changes weather. So 
you can throw that in there somewhere. Another really big landmark in her career was she was the first person to fly the Pacific, if I'm not mistaken. I just read her Amelia Earhart biography. She flew from Honolulu, Hawaii, insert Harleys in Hawaii, to Oakland, California, California girls. And before she got married to her man, in her prenup, she demanded that they have an open relationship. Insert part of me, insert wide awake. There's so much you could do with that because she essentially didn't want some man to kind of limit her career or trap her in this cage. I have the whole letter, it's incredible. I would recommend reading it, but this man really loved her. They got married, of course. And that could play into, I think my big finale, which I'm a bit conflicted about because I feel like it could be very offensive, but I thought, the husband sings the one that got away as the final song. Is it just offensive because she dies? Yeah. So she leaves. No. I don't think it's that bad. So here's what I was thinking. She leaves on the flight. Maybe we could even do a really artistic spin to it. She gets on the flight. She flies off. He sings the one that got away. We fade to black. We think it's over. Everyone starts to leave. The lights come back on. It's E.T. Amelia is getting abducted by aliens. And film. Roll credits. Thoughts. Okay, but is there the Kanye West verse? Of course. One of the aliens would sing that. Okay. okay. I just okay. had to make sure. What big hype song of Katy Perry's are you going to take and make a power ballad? I'm thinking like Mama Mia 2 when she sings that song that, that I'm forgetting and she is like crying singing it. And can it be last Friday night? Yes, it might be really interesting to see Amelia distressed after having to make that landing in the cow pasture. And that could be a really kind of reflective moment, I guess, maybe for her. But that could be a moment where she's like really reconsidering whether or not she should continue being a pilot. I like that. Yeah, I think it would kind of have to be like a classical, like a musical theater, kind of like last Friday night. Think we kiss, but Dancing. I forgot. Dark. Will Dark Horse not be in the movie musical? I was really conflicted about that because I do think Amelia Earhart, in her own right, was a dark, a dark horse of her time. If my understanding of that word is what I think it is, but <laughs> <laughs> um, just being honest, but I don't know where I could place that per se. I could see like her first flight or something with her finishing finished school. And they're like, oh, watch out for that Amelia Earhart. She's coming at you like a dark horse. And then it's like the chorus that people are singing about her. And then she's like, she's going into the air. I love that. I love that. I think that's really good. So will the rap still be included in that or no? Because they do reference Jeffrey Dahmer. And that was way after her. <laughs> I think there might be a lot of cultural references in Katy Perry's discography. That would not make sense in the cultural oh. context. I, I think it will still make sense to the viewer because they'll get it. So true. They'll get it. Did you have Waking Up in Vegas included? I did not have Waking Up in Vegas included. Because I love where Last Friday Night is placed, but I like the idea of her crashing somewhere and then singing Waking Up in Vegas, having no idea where she is. So just give me your take on that. I think what if she lands in the cow pasture and she sings Waking Up in Vegas to the cows? And then she just kind of sleeps in the cow pasture, maybe. And then in the morning, when the cow herders, I don't know, the farmers find her. Yeah, shepherds. Yeah, pasture hands. I don't know what they're called. When they discover Amelia, 
that's when they're kind of out to throw her out. They're a bit aggravated because she landed a plane in their pasture. That's when she sings Last Friday Night. And that could work as then a really teary ballad because she's kind of defending herself. She's standing her ground against these cow herder, pasture hands, farmers, shepherd people, Irishmen or women, just bearing her soul. Beautiful. I think it's really I like that. All right, well, I guess it's time we vote for who we should greenlight. And you cannot vote for your own. My vote would have to go to Good Girl Gone Bad, the Rihanna Jukebox musical. Shayna? Amelia Earhart. Only because I can't vote for my own. Sorry, Patrick. Send my regards to JoJo. And they're there. Patrick, whose film do you want to greenlight? It has to be Amelia Earhart, Katy Perry. I, I just, that combo, I need to watch it. And with that, we have our film. The floor is open back up to any more questions, ideas, any comments? Who are you envisioning as Amelia? I feel like Amy Adams devoured the role. Night at the Museum too. <laughs> she ate. <laughs> She ate, and you cannot even deny the way I imagined Amy Adams before I actually think of Amelia Earhart's actual face. She is a she is Amelia Earhart, and she can sing. It's perfect, but to maybe bring in a more versatile audience, since I think Amy Adams and Hugh Jackman kind of attract a similar crowd. Maybe Hugh Jackman as the love interest or mentor, and Cheryl from Riverdale could play Amelia. She's a redhead. Amelia Earhart's a redhead? That's like half of it, right? She is. I don't know this. Two other potential options I considered is someone that I know is going to body red-haired roles, even though it caused a lot of controversy, which I thought was really uncalled for. Halle Bailey. She's playing Little Mermaid, and she's from Chloe and Halle. I think she's phenomenal. And I think she could do amazing as Amelia Earhart. Same for Zendaya, I guess, too, because she also is playing technically what's typically a redhead role. I think they could oh, also be really, yeah. I think they could also be really good contenders potentially too. I'm very excited about both of those. I was scared you were either going to say Emma Stone or Lindsay Lohan. I don't know why I was scared you were going to say that. Um, not that I'm, I would be mad if either of them played it, but I like the idea of. Specifically Zendaya, I think she would kill it. I kind of thought you were going to say Sorsha Ronan, to be completely honest. Wait, these are all um, such good options, can I just say? I think there's a lot to work with, to be completely honest. Wait, the girl from Queen's Gambit, what if she played Amelia? She killed that red hair. I could see her doing that, to be She does have that energy, yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy is her name. It's because like she has a weird face, kind of, and I feel like that makes her really old in days. <laughs> Yeah, like, no, no, she looks no, I think she's like super she's pretty, but she has like she looks like a deer if it were a person. And as always, Anne Hathaway is ninth choice for the role. So, but do you guys think it's important that the actors be able to sing? I think you can do a Zach Efron in a high school musical situation, like he didn't sing in that, and also the guy in Ella Enchanted didn't sing. So, you know, it's Hollywood, it's yeah. Hollywood, yeah, the budget allows for anybody to sing for these characters. Should Katy Perry be in it? Like, I think, I think, honestly, I think she should be the, the cow shepherd that comes to find her in the field of cows. 
I so agree. Or boarding school girl. I think that that's what I was thinking, Shayna. That she's she, the girl she kisses. Alternate history. So do we want to include, is it appropriate, do we think, to include I kissed a girl? It feels irresponsible to not add it. I was going to say, it would be inappropriate to exclude it. Um, to be completely honest, and now that I'm even thinking about it, if Katy Perry is the boarding school girlfriend, I think what if Katy Perry sings "You're So Gay," I'm really riding for this to be a man. This it has to be. It has to be. I think it has to be. Really interesting take. And then, do we want to keep the ending at the one that got away, or do we want a more powerful song like "Roar, Reprise, Rise"? Or should we have E.T.? Do we want the alien inclusion? I'm here for Roar Reprise, and it ends with Amelia singing You're Gonna Hear Me Roar about how she makes history, even though she crash lands and dies, question mark? I don't know how Amelia's story ends. But I like the idea of her ending the musical rather than her husband, because I am not a fan of him. Thoughts, though, on... Katy Perry as boarding school girlfriend singing The One Who Got Away when she hears about Amelia Earhart becoming famous. I like that. Not at the end necessarily, <laughs> but I think towards the end. Okay. You okay. know, it could be like split screen situation. The One Who Got Away slash Roar Reprise mashup. Um, question mark as Amelia Earhart is flying the plane away a la the car in Greece. Uh, and Katy Perry singing The One Who Got Away. I like it. I like it. So we shouldn't include the E.T. alien abduction. You think that's too, because I feel like that totally sets the tone of the piece in a different direction. But I don't know if I hate that. It could be post-credits. It could be post-credits. Like how the Avengers movies always have a little thingy. I like that. I do like that. She crash landed on the moon and then she's like, oh, honestly, like. There's all sorts of conspiracy theories about how she, if she died or not. So like. But I like putting a conspiracy theory as the end of credit scene. And like, you go crazy with that. And then it's like her, maybe it's just like her hanging out with some aliens. And she's just like, who cares? Because that's not part of the movie. So that can be whatever you want it to be. It does have to end with a big in memoriam, like very solemn picture of Amelia Earhart though at the end. Like it has to end on a very serious, like in honor of, with the approval of the estate of Amelia Earhart. And then like when she was born to when she died. Yeah. If I didn't stress that, I would only want to make this if I had the blessing of both Amelia Earhart's estate and Katy Perry, which I'm really skeptical if I would. I think I should, but I don't know if they think I should. Katy Perry or Amelia Earhart's estate or both? both. I think Katy Perry is wacky enough she would agree. I'm not sure about Amelia Earhart. I think you'd have to find like an estranged cousin with a good sense of humor to convince the rest of the fam. Another idea though is we could brand it as the unauthorized Amelia Earhart <laughs> Katy Perry Bio, <laughs> <laughs> and that could really give it a different kind of edge. Mm-hmm. Okay think about this. Think about this. Amelia Earhart played by RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> in that one red wig i'm there please elaborate set the scene for me well because then it could just be the unauthorized amelia Earhart versicle i do think though taking perhaps a mockumentary approach if we go with the unauthorized route i do think could be quite fruitful wait guys end credit scene we hear the intro to wide awake amelia wakes up she's in a strange place we don't know where she is it's all like blinding light and she has this ballad where she sings wide awake in this gorgeous dazzling outfit and then the door pans open it's an alien 
QET, Q credit, Q to be continued? Question mark. Yes. And then there could be, it leaves room for a sequel where we could potentially take another great pop icon and make their jukebox musical about Amelia Earhart's adventures in space. I feel like it has to be unauthorized now at this point. Yeah. No, I think I we could get this kind authorized. Kind of like Amelia Earhart meets Space Jam. Yes. For the, the sequel? sequel right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Whose discography would we want for the sequel? Um, Bjork or Grimes. I was going to say. Especially because then Grimes could be in it because she'll be in space with Elon Musk. Daft Punk, though? I was thinking Lady Gaga. Who are we thinking should direct the movie? I feel like it has to be Greta Gerwig, actually. Or Greta Thornburg. I think this could be her best, like, thing about climate change. Yeah, yeah, activism, yeah. So we have established there's two movies here. The initial one that's kind of approved by Amelia Earhart's estate. And then there's our unauthorized Amelia Earhart depiction. I think the, and I think we should go forward with the unauthorized depiction. Yeah. Yes. All right, then I think we're done here. We've got a great pitch underway. And thank you both again so much for joining me today to collaborate. As a fun little send off, I'd love to hear each of your acceptance speeches for when we win that best original screenplay at the Oscars. Shayna. I would like to thank the Academy. I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where I think I would Kanye West Taylor Swift myself and say, I was robbed. Good girl got mad. A jukebox <laughs> musical. That one. Um, obviously, this movie will have not been made at this point, so no one will know what I'm talking about. And then I will be institutionalized in a Star is Born moment, to be completely honest. That's how I envision my Oscar to set the speech. Lady Gaga's accepting her Oscar. Bradley Cooper, who has many a substance abuse issue. No comment. Pees himself on stage. Lady Gaga's dad beats him up. And that's how I envision my first and last Oscar. <laughs> and what about it? Patrick, your speech? I would walk up to the stage and I would look, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea what I would say. I'm not prepared for this moment. I would say, I wish I had known what type of movie we were all pitching. And I think I would have had a better shot. What I hear is the hunger for a second chance and trust me, it will come. But for now, it's time for us to come to an end. Thank you so much, Shane and Patrick, for joining me today. And thank you for everyone who listened. I'm your host, Charlie Fetch. Join me next week for a new group, a new genre, and some new pitches.